Well, hi guys. Fun to be on this call with you. No pressure, by the way, Sheree, that uh, <laughs> what you're doing <laughs> for tonight. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah, I'm Lawrence. I'm working here in Colorado Springs, uh, working with World Mission and IED. So everything with Katie has said, I just want to underline it. Uh, great opportunities, and it's really fun to be here with you guys tonight and talk about sex. I do love that. <laughs> Uh, and I'm Danielle, and yeah, as Sheree said, I'm on staff at the University of Colorado in Boulder. Um, and I'm on the, I'll make a slight correction, I'm on the collegiate SHAW team, so the, sec the collegiate sexual health and wholeness team. And actually, Lawrence, you're on the national one, yeah, right? Kind of. Lawrence is on the national one, I'm just on the collegiate one, so celebrity status, like, it doesn't matter. You know, just checking. <laughs> just, just clarifying. But um, they did, so they asked us to speak on sexuality tonight with you guys. So we get to do that fun thing. So anyways, um, we're, we kind of, we're titling this the gospel of sex. And that's, a, so even just, I'm going to start with the question of sure. like, Lawrence, when you hear the gospel, like how does sexuality reflect or portray the gospel to you. Yeah, I think I, I think I have to start with my own story of kind of growing up. Uh, I'm originally from the Netherlands. Uh, that's where I grew up. And uh, as a teenager, as a, a growing up in a Christian family, wanting to follow Jesus, and at the same time during my teenage years being confronted with uh, homosexual feelings and same-sex attraction, that was actually the start of that journey. Of like, what is my sexuality about? And Jesus how do I then surrender this to you? Uh, because I grew up in a kind of an environment where sexuality was just kind of like not talked about. And whatever you've been talked about is around, surround, or it's shame-based. So especially my family, there's not a lot of talk about it. When it was talked about, it's kind of like, uh, like there's no, I, nakedness was something to be shamed about. And then especially, having to deal with same-sex attraction that was something very shameful to me as well and so and any other message of that we hear a lot i think in church is also about don't have sex before marriage mm -hmm. and that's kind of mm -hmm. the only thing that we hear and what does that say then about sex and how is that then good news to us and so i think that brought me into this journey of jesus i want to surrender my sexuality to you but what is your what is your narrative how have you made this Mm -hmm. um, because I saw in our cultural, our culture says sex is about your own pleasure. You do whatever you need to do and it's your right. Mm -hmm. And then the church culture says, oh, you can only, you have to wait before marriage to get sex and then you have your fulfillment. But a lot of the people that I, like my married friends also is like, yeah, that's also not true. Um, just wait. And then for me, what does that look like then if I will not engage marriage? Mm -hmm. Do that, does that mean then that there's what is then sexuality for me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think part of it was what God has and Jesus has been revealing to me over the years is there's also a biblical narrative of sexuality. And the biblical narrative, I find the basis of that in Ephesians 5, where it says that it describes this beautiful relationship between men and women, and then including their sexuality. And then Paul says something like, but this is a great mystery because I'm talking about Christ in the church. 
And one of the elements I think in Ephesians 5, what talks about is this really self-sacrificial love between men and women. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us are growing up on cultural narratives like sex, marriage, and even a church, like marriage and sex within that. And love is actually a self, a self-fulfillment. You gonna complete me. Mm -hmm. But if our love and marriage and sexuality is really about self-sacrificialness, like Christ gave himself to the church, that changed the whole dynamic on sex. Mm -hmm. Because then sex is not for my fulfillment, but it's giving myself fully away to, to the other person. And that is a portrayal of Christ in the church. Mm -hmm. um, and even in the physical part, and that's that blew my mind, the fact that when men and women come together um, in the physical sexuality, where the man comes towards the, the wife, she opens up herself and he comes into her and give life to her. That's exactly a picture of how Jesus comes towards us. We have to open up our hearts so that he can come in us and give life to us. Mm -hmm. And I, when I realized that, I'm like, wow, our sexuality is really portraying something so beautiful. It portrays the gospel mm -hmm. and that changed everything for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even, I mean, I think even like the confines of like what God set up like is such a beautiful picture of like his his faithfulness yeah like in terms of in terms of how how he set up marriage and sex like marriage and sex specifically to be in a mar in a marriage relationship that's faithful and yeah. is like long lasting it's committed yeah. it's i mean that even in and of itself is yeah. also along that whole ephesians five line yeah of like just reflecting yeah. who that is yeah and because then i understand why it's in the context of marriage but marriage is portraying the same covenant that mm -hmm. jesus has the covenant that he has made with us yeah yeah and um and i think because that's why it's in marriage because then it reflects jesus and and us the most in that covenantal relationship mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. so how how what is your journey how how would you relate yeah. to that question yeah um, I would say, so my, my journey is probably like, I feel like, so as I grew up a little bit in a different household in terms of like my parents, like we went to church, but we never really talked even really about Jesus right. in our home. So when I went, like I went to church camp with a friend, mostly just because it was like a something that my friends were doing and I wanted to go. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be alone for myself by myself for a couple of weeks. So when I like, and that was my introduction to Jesus even. Mm -hmm. So sexuality and Jesus was a whole different ball game. And I feel like there was this whole period of my life where I kind of like, like I, I had said that this is what I wanted and this is who I wanted to be. And I wanted to follow Jesus at, at camp when I was younger, but then I felt like I went through this whole season of my life, um, probably like late high school, early college, where it was like, I'm just like, I don't really know what I think about all this. So I'm just going to like put this on the shelf. And I just, I feel like I broke all these standards one by one. Hmm. And so even like, so going into probably my sophomore, like my freshman year of college is really where some things started to change for me in my relationship with Jesus, where I was like, I want, I think, I think you forgive me. And this actually isn't about, this has never been about me. Like 
the, the having a relationship with you has never been about me earning it. It's always been about what you did for me on the cross. Right. And so like, you will take me back because, because it's always been about your death on the cross for me. And it's never been about what I did to earn it. So, so I feel like that was my, like, kind of like I'm, my old church that I used to go to called it a grace awakening. Okay. And that was totally a grace awakening for me where I just, I got it more. Right. And, but I would say I still struggled with the fact that I had broken, I had broken a lot of things that I knew scripturally were, were kind of out of the confines of what God wanted for sexuality. Right. And so when I, like, actually I was talking to somebody recently about my story even, and I was, and it's like, I was able to manage my behavior with sexuality, but I couldn't manage the impact that my choices had had on me. So I just kind of like shame spiraled for a real long time. Um, to the point where even like, I would tell like my, my best friend, I lived with her and I remember her coming into our room all the time and being like, like I would be, she, I would, she would catch me crying all the time and she would be like, what's wrong? And it was normal enough to where I would say things like, oh, I'm just, I'm just, I can't believe I did like all this stuff in my past still. And I'm just still so sad about it. Right. Which is just like, totally caught in shame sure and do you think that that was the biggest impact just the shame weight yeah i think so yeah. like well i mean i think that's at least what stayed with me sure and even like i remember this moment of freedom where my friend told where she looked at me and she goes she goes i i know you believe that jesus died for your sin but i just wonder if you're not believing that his blood covers also everything shame. everything yeah. you've done yeah, yeah. like and this part of your life specifically right which um was like this lightning bolt moment for me right where i actually i almost feel like it was like one of those moments where i was like oh you're right maybe i don't need to like cry about this anymore and be as, as sad about this and it was just this big like moment of freedom for me right but um and i would say like i would say that i still feel like i'm working through God, what does it look like to honor you and my sexuality? What does it look like to realize that this is what this is what you've created for good? And how does that like I'm still working through even some of those questions. So for yeah. whatever hope yeah. that gives you guys, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think what impacted me also so much is in this is that even in my broken sexual desires, mm -hmm. there's something about that that I actually long for Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, D.K. Chesterton says something, he has a quote, he says, uh, every time a man knocks on the brothel door, yeah. he's searching for God. Yeah, absolutely. And so when I saw even my, in the shame of my sexual kind of like desires, even here and now, I'm like, behind that all, in the depths of that all, actually it's revealing to me how much I long for Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of like, when I watch pornography or masturbate or whatever there is like the the sexual sin yeah. Yeah. behind that is actually a desire to be with Jesus and that is just profound to me yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and getting to the depths of that is just it's just a journey right like there's no other way around that than saying, right. that's a journey yeah <laughs> I think it's for me I've been separating kind of like yeah there is the sin and the brokenness mm -hmm. oh the brokenness mm -hmm. that causes me to sin yeah uh but in the depths of that all, there is this, the 
to to wanting to intimacy with God mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and and His people. Yeah, say. because somewhere deep down, it's like a longing for connection, yes. and for 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 oneness. Right, right. So, which is what we're talking about, where it's like a it is a picture yeah. of what happens in Ephesians five, where Christ pursues His church and we're made one. Yeah, like it's not. I mean, yeah. So uh, we were just talking about it uh, before we go went on. It's kind of like so that the fact that sex is actually if that's only a portrayal of Christ's church. Uh, sorry, it's a it's a window to see something of uh, of Christ in the church. Uh, the fact that the heaven will not have sexuality <laughs> in marriage. Yeah, like sometimes I think people should. Uh, like we should just let that sit with the church for a little while. Right. Like so we should just say there's no sex in heaven and just let the church like sit with it for a little bit and see if they freak out a little. Right. You know what I mean? Even though I think a lot of them would know, like they might know the passages that talk about there's no, well, like, they're not given that. in marriage. They're not given, right. you know, right. in, in heaven, we aren't given in marriage. We aren't married. Like that's not a thing. So I would say boys and girls or men and women on this phone call, (laughs) marriage is not the end goal. Sexuality is not the end goal. Yeah. And I know that church and culture is preaching that to us every freaking day. Yeah. And I'm like, but that's not the end goal Mm -hmm. because it's, it portrays something of God and it, but when I can, I say like, Marriage and sexuality is a trailer to the movie, mm-hmm. but if the movie's out, you don't want to watch the trailer anymore because that would be pathetic because <laughs> the movie is out. And to see in light of that sexuality and marriage is, I think, such a, it's sobering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also that then marriage and sexuality is, again, not about mm-hmm. finding fulfillment, mm-hmm. but really mm-hmm. giving yourself away. Yeah. Um, there's, I was thinking, I was thinking, I didn't tell you that I was going to say this, but um, when, when I was thinking about all this stuff too, I was thinking about first Corinthians and just the love, like the verses on love in there. And when it says, so first Corinthians 13, nine and 10 says the part about, for we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, so this is verse 10 but when the perfect comes the partial will come to an end Hmm. and that actually was just like kind of like floating around in my head about this topic even that like when like because it's it's not even like it's like i would say probably heaven's even like the fulfillment right of sexual like it's it's like it's like the almost like when jesus says like i didn't come to like abolish the law i came to fulfill it and like i'm gonna like bring it all together like that's kind of how but the picture of that when we're in heaven and we are experiencing this perfect oneness and intimacy with God, right? That is the fulfillment of this picture that right. we've seen. Yeah. And one element, what I like about it, and it's that. not a weird one, it's not a weird, twisted, like no. awkward thing either. Because sometimes I feel like people can hear that and they can think, wait, like our relationship with Jesus is like sex, it's this weird, like, but, but it's, it's, it's not weird. It's not, it's not, we aren't getting into a weird twist. (laughs) Well, there's a deeper element even in sexuality that I think, and I think that's our next session, I think talking about intimacy in that too. But I think the element of what I like about, yes, heaven is not only our unity with Christ and Mm -hmm. the fullness of that, but even the unity with us, with each other. Yeah. So even I would say 
people who are married here in heaven and they have glimpses of that unity in the here and now on earth. But when we come in heaven, it's not only two people who have been married with each other who have this deep intimate connection right away, mm -hmm. but it's me with every one of you, the two of us together, there's this deep intimacy also within the body yeah. of believers. And so that's why it's kind of like, wow, that eternal perspective is even better than the greatest marriage or sex that you can have yeah. here on earth. And so, yeah, how does that impact then both me and Danielle are single? And we're probably going to talk about that, that I too. I set our timer. I should just let you know. We're on a time. I have, no, I have no idea what it is. Oh, no, no, I, no, I know where we are. We have okay. four more minutes on cool. this one. But <laughs> like I should say it yeah. just in case. Uh, but it has consequences, I think, also for mm -hmm. what singleness then means, mm -hmm. or the gift mm -hmm. of singleness, mm -hmm. um, because that's the same principles. Uh, I would say that singleness is another trailer to that movie. Where mm -hmm. marriage is a trailer to that movie of Christ in the church, then the gift of singleness or celibacy is the same way, because the calling of a single or celibate person is not just to be to be kind of cursed with a life of loneliness mm -hmm. but it's really to give yourself away again not now to one particular person but then to the body of believers mm -hmm. to multiple people mm -hmm. so where marriage is a gift for you or not even sorry a gift to give yourself fully away to one particular person but even two people in marriage the gift of marriage is not for themselves. It's also that they give themselves away as a couple mm -hmm. to the community. Mm -hmm. The gift of, of singleness or celibacy is then the gift to give yourself away also to multiple people. Mm -hmm. And so both are reflecting Christ in the church equally and totally valid mm -hmm. as a life of fulfillment. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just, I mean, that realization just is amazing to me. Yeah. First, this is like, if you're taking notes, spiritual intimacy. Spiritual point intimacy. Point 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 going. going. Uh, the second is uh, emotional intimacy. So a, a person that you can feel very safe with, to be mm -hmm. sad, to be angry, where you're safe in the emotions and you feel connected and there's empathy. Uh, social intimacy, where you do like to do the same things and you connect over that. That could be outdoors things, could be the same movies that you like. Um, and then uh, the last two would be physical intimacy, not confused by sexual intimacy, the fifth one. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes in our, that's so tied to each other. Oh, any physical intimacy is sexual. And I needed to learn that when I was hugging my friends or that I wanted to be embraced by my friends, that there was nothing sexual about that. Mm -hmm. um, because I needed that form of intimacy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm learning as a single person now of like following Jesus in this is that although my sexual, my sexual intimacy part is not being fulfilled, mm -hmm. that if I pursue the other for with people with friends mm -hmm. in community that i i don't need sexual intimacy yeah yeah i'm i'm pretty fulfilled yeah and i can pursue that yeah yeah well even i mean oh yeah i think so i um i was thinking about how just even as you were saying this i was thinking about how even in my experience with what does it look like to even like, I, and I would say even trusting God with intimacy mm -hmm. and belonging mm -hmm. is like, um, so I was telling, I was telling you this just a few minutes ago. I don't, you didn't know this about me, but my, I've had two, I've had two lung collapses. So, um, 2015, 
my left lung collapsed and I thought, that's so weird. I'm so glad they can fix that. And it all happened really fast and they like patched me up and I was like out of the hospital with a tube sticking out of my chest and it was, it was crazy. But, but it went so fast that I was like, thank God they can fix that. And that was about how much I thought about it, like during the procedure, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then um, in 2017, my right one collapsed. And I remember thinking, that first time was weird. And the second time I'm thinking, Lord, is this how I go? Like, maybe this is it. <laughs> and even just thinking about like, what if, and I, I had a pretty serious conversation with Jesus about like, what if some of my ambitions that I've kind of wanted, like, like, like I've, I would say that I've like had the gift of singleness, but I've desired a gift of marriage. Right. Yeah. And so, but because my lung was collapsing and I was thinking, is this how I go? I was starting to think like, Lord, what if, what if you don't, what if you say no to fulfilling like some of my ambitions? And, and I even think there's like some of that in there for me is like the fear of being alone. Right. But God has always like, even in those moments, like God has always provided people right. to be with me. Right. And that is such a comforting thought to me that God is, God is not only a source of intimacy for us, right. but also the provider right. of all those kinds of intimacies that you're yeah. talking about, you know? Yeah. Well, and I, I, the one of the things that I'm challenged with, even in my own life, is as a single person, also learning how to be part of my friend's family. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that I see, especially in the American church, is just the separation between the singles here mm -hmm. and the dating and the married there. Yeah. And I would even say, like, you know, and we do it to each other. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like I, in dating, American dating culture, what I find weird is that you like you double date with other couples. Yeah. But if you don't double date or you don't you don't hang don't, out with single people yeah you, as a I couple felt, you don't felt, hang out with single friends i remember i remember one time getting like like getting into a relationship after i've been single for a really long time and being like i feel like i just got a, like inducted into some weird club that, like <laughs> goes on dates together like i actually felt like it felt really weird like right. i was like i don't want to be part of your club you haven't invited me before right but i that's probably a bad attitude <laughs> And at the same time, I feel like that then the singles are like, oh, I don't want to be the third wheel. I don't want to be mm -hmm. the fifth wheel. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, stop doing that to each yeah. other. Yeah. Like if your friends invite you as a couple to be hanging out with them, become friends together, the three of mm -hmm. us. And I find in the Dutch Christian culture, it's much more common to do so. Yeah. Because then I see this whole separation. If you walk that journey and welcome to, I think, the American culture, or Christian culture there, yeah. is that families only hang out, the singles hang out on that side, but they have so much to give to each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of like challenging even like when you start dating or when you're in a relationship or marriage, who of your single friends do you, do you want to invite into that? Mm -hmm. And we want to be part of your community and do you do that intentionally? And the same thing with singles, you're not living for yourself. You're also a gift to the families and the married people. Who do you want to give yourself to? Mm -hmm. um, and you need their, like in all honesty, oh, yeah. like you need their friendship yeah. too. Like there's something that they offer. Right. Well, even I come to my family's friends, or sorry, my family's house, mm -hmm. and I'm having dinner with them, and I take sometimes this baby on my lap, and mom can eat her food, like, warm, finally, for right. the first time that week. 
but while I'm holding this child and kind of like feeding it, I'm having my paternal moment at that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. right? Uh-huh. But I'm also relating to the wife and we become friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just love doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what community is about. And that's where also I can find intimacy. Yeah. Not yeah. With only with my guy friends, but with this family. Yeah. And that there can be a goodness and a rightness and a purity about that. Right. Yeah. That's totally, totally honoring the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And I find, yeah. So I'm, I'm challenged by that. Um, yeah, one of the things that we were talking about too during the break is kind of like, okay, so how does this aspect of thinking through if this is what sexuality is about, if this is what relationship mm-hmm. about Christ in the church, how does that influence dating? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've got a cu- I've got a couple, but I think, I mean, I was saying I, as we were talking about it, I was thinking about how that can even influence my decision making and dating. Mm-hmm. When I realize that this isn't the ultimate goal, it just it kind of like levels out my brain. <laughs> I think a little bit where it's not you're all of a sudden you're not. It's not like there's this thing on the line, and if it doesn't happen, if it doesn't yeah, if it doesn't happen, if it doesn't pan out, if this isn't if this isn't God leading me into this, then it's not like my whole my whole satisfaction is on the line. Yeah, or a life of loneliness that yeah, I am is on the other to, side. I don't need side, to be yeah. afraid of what's on the other side. Right. Yeah, because I can live with that. both in that sense. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I think what I've seen a lot with people on dating. Yeah, also in Christian circles is this quest for i want to find the person that is completing me yeah or the perfect one for me mm-hmm. and i think you have to switch it around in light of this and say is this the person i can give myself to yeah i think that is the better question i would say in dating mm-hmm. if like can i give myself to this person mm-hmm. can i entrust myself fully to this person and can and and can this person do that to me Mm -hmm. i think that changes the whole game of dating Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, when we do that to each other yeah because ultimately you're still brothers and sisters yeah ultimately you will have an a deep intimate relationship with that person anyway yeah um but for this lifetime Mm -hmm. is this the person i can give myself fully to yeah i love that yeah that's great yeah is there other ways that you feel like it's influenced you and how you live it out. Sorry. Yeah, I, I do think, I think one of this aspect of giving myself fully away, uh, a, a life of self-sacrificialness. But I do have to say also, like, I think I'm learning also more and more that friendship is the eternal relationship that we'll bring mm-hmm. in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so all these aspects of community so and all of that, I think it's part of it is like, yeah, marriage is not that brings us over there. Yeah. It's friendship. Yeah. And how intentionally are we doing friendship then? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if it's, I feel like that relationship is one of the lowest in value for us sometimes. Yeah, but it's like what you said, it's eternal. Yeah, and I think it's eternal. And so even thinking through like, and I live in here in the US right now for three years, four years now almost. And um, thinking through, okay, what's next? And a lot of us are 
are thinking through what's my next opportunity mm -hmm. what is my next uh, you know i should move to near to family or whatever but are there friendships and relationships and community a factor oh, yeah, in this sure. decision making for sure like if you would move somewhere yes or no mm -hmm. or if you would actually stay mm -hmm. because i do think like you the deepest longing i as a single person in my heart for the horizontal relationships that I find intimacy and that I find people who stay yeah, yeah. with me. Yeah. And um, that are consistent. That are consistent. On your like on your like lifelong journey. Yeah. And that requires intentionality, not only mm -hmm. from me, mm -hmm. but also a reciprocal like and it doesn't mean you should cannot move, but like am I with you a hundred percent? Yeah. Always. Not always, but like committed to you. And I don't think we talk about yeah. friendship like mm -hmm. that anymore yeah. yeah and everything is now on that marital relationship mm -hmm. but even that i feel like it it brings so much pressure on the marital relationship yeah if yeah. all the intimacy because levels the is being only fulfilled. the only person who's on this long journey with you is then your spouse yeah and and, and the spouse has to fulfill all these intimacy needs yeah. all these five yeah but what if they can't that that's yeah. immense pressure yeah yeah uh, and you see that because even a marital relationship, they need friendship of intimacy outside of that marriage. Well, I even remember, I remember in college listening to an older guy and his wife speak about their relationship. And I remember him vividly. I remember him saying, you know, we need to know how to be single because most likely one of us is going to be again right. someday. Right. Yeah. Like, and who knows how long that's going to last when it happens. You right. know what I mean? Like, so, and he was talking about, I need my friends. Right like because they're gonna be there if something happens right. you know yeah. but i love that yeah that was 20 minutes that was 20 minutes 30 <laughs> seconds so we're sending you guys out in the breakout rooms uh let me see what did we send you guys as questions here uh so anything maybe that got again what has god been revealing to you talking about these topics maybe something that struck a chord again uh second question in, in who or in what do you find fulfillment or intimacy mm. um how do you relate to that question um how can you if you, you think about the gift of singleness that you have if you're single and not in a relationship or the gift of relationship either married or dating how can you use that gift that you've been given more for others uh, that you really give yourself away mm -hmm. and how can you grow in intimacy and friendship so those four questions for you guys to have another session breakout room with um it was a it was really fun to do this yeah uh, thanks for letting us come <laughs>